So did God call you, or are you just wandering around? Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, welcome in. You're listening to the 48 Days Radio Show, where each week we take 48 minutes to dive into real-life questions about finding your passion, deciding what kind of life you want to live, and then finding or creating work that allows you to show up every day excited to be able to do something that is meaningful, fulfilling, and profitable. Well, you know what I say, this is where normal, indecision, ambiguity come to die. Welcome to the 48 Days Radio Show. Well, our business partner today is Fresh Books. To claim your month-long unrestricted free trial with no credit card required, go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days and enter 48 days in the how did you hear about us section. Well, here's some of the questions we're going to be looking at today. I ask a provocative question kind of in the opening there. Did God call you? Or are you just wandering around? Yeah, always have some questions that kind of relate to that. I'm going to dig into that a little bit deeper, but here's some other questions. Dan, I've got a conviction on my record. How can I possibly get a new opportunity? I recently stepped out of doing ministry in the church, and I still feel some sort of guilt about it. Dan, I'm approximately $260,000 in debt. I'm struggling in determining where to start. and would love some advice and direction. Well, we got some advice and direction for that young lady hopefully to give her some hope about moving forward quickly. Well, we've got good news, obviously, and uh, more questions if we get time to them. Here's our Cliff Feitner poem for the day. Cliff, a very active member of 48 Days Eagles. If you aren't in there yet, check it out, 48daysEagles.com. But Cliff's a very active member there, shares his wisdom through poems that he creates around the 48 Days business themes. So here's one for today. Now is the time to change. Do not think of it as strange. You need to adapt. You cannot be trapped. It's any time that you can rearrange. Lovely, lovely wisdom from Cliff, as always. Thank you so much for those. Keep them coming. Here's our quotation for today. Now, I'm going to expand on this in a little bit later here as it relates to a question. But here's the quotation. This comes from Frederick Beckner, who said, The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Now, I hope that gives a lot of freedom to some of you where there's not that sense of obligation or I should, or my parents expect me to, or here's a good good, uh, work opportunity. Here's where they're hiring. I guess I'll just do that. No, let me read it one more time. The, The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. All right. Just put that, hold that in your mind because we're going to expand on that a little bit later today in the podcast. We've got a webinar coming up. It's going to be next Thursday evening, next Thursday, August 31st, depending on when you're listening to this, August 31st at seven o'clock, p.m. Central Time, going to be doing a a webinar, free webinar on finding work you love in 48 days. I mean, this 
never goes away. A whole lot of you are not real happy with what you're doing. A whole lot of you would love to have something else that you're doing. I'm going to walk right through some of the principles that will help you and give you some other resources and lead you to some other things that we're doing, but show you some resources, how you can position yourself to find work you love. This is very doable. Callie, this is a great time with the, the volatility as it is and it continues, but also with unemployment being historically low, you talk about a time to put yourself in the driver's seat. There's never been a more opportune time to say, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be and to walk right through that. Now, the link for that is 48days.com slash 48dayswebinar. I'll put that in the show notes so you can just click on it but it's 48days.com slash 48dayswebinar. So go grab a seat. We're going to have a lot of fun with that. Thursday, August 31st, 7 p.m. Central. I'll go through 48 minutes of how to find the work you want in 48 days. Now, we talk a lot about you know, varied concepts and principles here on the podcast, obviously. But I'm going to talk to you about a, a systemized process for walking right through the can do exactly that for you. Well, I mentioned FreshBooks is our business partner today. Now, this is a way you can send clean, professional-looking invoices in about 30 seconds. I mean, you can, with two clicks, set yourself up to receive payments online. I mean, that's pretty cool these days. You don't have to send somebody an invoice and then wait for three weeks, you know, until you get a check in the mail. You can send them this, and if they're on top of it, they can pay you. I mean, five minutes later, you get the money. So it's been, uh, FreshBooks has been redesigned from the ground up and really have a custom built process for the way you work. And you can put yourself into the simplest way to be more productive, organized, more importantly, get paid quickly. Now, this is one of those things you hear me talk about. It's not one of my favorite things to delve into at all, the financial area, but it's a necessary part. I'm not going to say necessary evil. There's nothing evil about doing business well, but it's a necessary part of doing business well. So just jump over there, go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days, enter 48 days in the how did you hear about a section. You get a free 30-day test run of that. Check it out. Do the things that you need to do. I'm sure that you're going to want to stay connected. It's a very reasonable fee ongoing after that. Well, good news. Yes, there's good news. Of course, one of the big things this week was the solar eclipse. Hope you had a lot of fun with that. We happen to be right here in the center of totality. Yeah, pretty interesting experience. Just one of those things, Cal, you can um, scratch your head all day long about, you know, theological implications or astrological implications, astronomical, you know, all those kind of things. But uh, it is what it is. Just um, one of the wondrous things about how the universe is created to have the moon rotating around the earth, the earth around the sun. And uh, there it goes. So it was a total eclipse, really wonderful experience. Hope you enjoyed it as well. Well, there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of negative news we hear about airline employees, but golly, we keep hearing some really cool things as well. Here's one just this week. Stacy Hurt was here in Nashville for chemotherapy treatment and uh, she was flying back to Pittsburgh and was going to go undergo chemotherapy the next day. But she got on a, well, she was offered an opportunity to get on a flight, an earlier flight. 
So she jumped on that. Well, you know where this is going. Her luggage had already been scheduled to be put on the later plane, and there wasn't enough time to change that. So when she got there, she didn't have her luggage. Well, in order to survive her chemotherapy, there were things in there that she needed the very next day. Well, she talked to one of the Southwest attendants on the plane. Sarah told her about her dilemma. The young employee immediately understood the gravity of the situation. She took it upon herself to search for the bag at the destination point in Pittsburgh, searched until 3 a.m. She found the suitcase, but at that point, all the couriers had gone home, obviously. So she herself got in her car, drove it to Sarah's house, or or not uh, Sarah, let's see, the lady Stacy's house, and left it on her doorstep with a note, a heartwarming note scribbled inside as well. Well, that's a cool thing. Hey, just this this week, we had a grandson fly here from Colorado, and he's only 12 years old. And we had him fly Southwest, booked the tickets for him. So he's pretty young, his first solo flight. And the Attendants were extremely gracious about helping him, uh, giving him special experiences, taking him up in the cockpit, all those cool kind of things. So yeah, there's a lot of fun things out there that are happening. Well, here's another quick one. There's a group of music executives from here in Nashville who were headed to South Dakota. They were driving through Illinois. They were going for a, a rally. They were on their way to all together. A whole bunch of people that I know, music people here. And they came on a semi-truck crash. There was cars that were stopped for construction. And unfortunately, for whatever reason, semi-truck did not see the stop traffic plowed into them. And there was a 10-person cra- or 10-car crash that had a whole lot of people tied up in pretty desperate situations, gasoline leaking. Well, these bikers stopped, immediately mobilized, called 911, assembled onlookers, started pulling drivers out of the damaged vehicles. I mean, you can check out the clip to this. It's pretty cool. Motorcycle heroes pull 10 people from cars as black smoke and fire engulfed the highway. And boy, did it ever. So they got everybody out. There was one family in an SUV. They got everybody out. There was one driver they could not get out and they literally moved the car out of the way before fire took over exactly the position where it had just been. I mean, nobody died. Obviously there were some people hurt, but not not desperate, not critically, apparently, but uh, again, great to see people just stop what they're doing, take action, be the heroes for the day. Here's a, here's a story from a teacher in Utah who's getting married, high school teacher, she's getting married next month, but instead of registering you know, for fine china or for a blender, for glassware, you know what she's asking for? She's asking for shoes and backpacks to give to the homeless children at her school. Cooper Hills High School teacher Ricky Stewart said she was shocked when she found out that there were more than 100 homeless students attending her school. She learned about the homeless students. One of the students walked up very quietly and said, so my mom wants to know how I can actually get some of that food you're getting donated. She said it's very real. So she registered for tennis shoes and Converse and backpacks and winter coats for the homeless kids instead of all the fancy things that she could have as a new bride. So now donations are coming in. And obviously with these fun things, good news that happens, other people want to be involved. So even people that don't live in the local community are donating things. 
and it's building. They got a picture here of a massive food bank already from people donating. How cool is that? I mean, isn't it kind of pointless? I'm, I have to be careful, but I, I've certainly, we've felt like it's kind of pointless, you know, to give a wedding gift when somebody has everything already, you know, so you get them another blender or a toaster or whatever, and they take it back and get the money and go on with their lives. You know, I would be thrilled to have something meaningful to give as a, in lieu of the typical wedding gift. Well, hey, one more quick one here. This is kind of cool. A lady in, lost her engagement ring 13 years ago while weeding in her garden. Now, this is a real deal. She lost her engagement ring 13 years ago. Well, her daughter-in-law, who now has the same farm, pulled up a very misshapen carrot. A carrot that, like had a belt on it. So that part was very narrow and the carrot was very grown out. Guess what that belt was? It's that stinking engagement ring. I mean, this is pretty hard to believe. I mean, I'm, I'm an old farm kid. I understand how things grow. Somehow, <laughs> I mean, that, that's just beyond description. But the ring was around a carrot. So when she pulled the carrot up, there's the engagement ring. Perfect condition. Clean it up. Ready to go. Well, how cool is that? Very, very cool. All right, we're going to go into some questions here. We got some doozies today. I got an audio message from uh, Ray Matz. Ray is a regular listener, very successful with his um, uh, changing dads. God, I can't think. Of, well, he tells it in the clip here. You'll hear his uh, podcast link as well. But he's got a, a cool story about a young man that he was helping. Check this out. Hey, Dan, this is Ray from Game Changing Dads. Game -changing I had an encouraging dads. story I wanted to share with you. My neighbor, his name is Dustin. He is 18 years old and graduated high school last year. And uh, he came over to me, wanted some help with his resume. And before we did anything, I encouraged him to read the two chapters in your 48 Days to the Work You Love book before we did anything. He came back to me and says, Ray, I have some great ideas regarding a small gift card from Starbucks and a handwritten note. Literally, he walked into the job and gave it to the receptionist. She looked over everything and she's like, you got this. And he's like, what are you talking about? I got a call a couple of minutes after and he said, I got the job. They never had anyone hand them a gift card or a handwritten note. And he was put above and beyond everyone else in that pile of resumes, which is awesome. Appreciate everything you're doing at 48 Days. Take care. Well, thanks, Ray, for that. Uh, taking the time to give us that message. I love that. And again, yeah, that's Ray from Game Changing Dads uh, is what his podcast is. And got some new materials coming out. But uh, what a cool story. Young guy just did something a little bit different. And you, you realize how easy it is to set yourself apart from the crowd. It really is to walk in the door and have a handwritten note of appreciation for the time to be, for being seen and a, a Starbucks card. Now, even that is so common. My gosh, I think you could be more creative than that, but to have something as a little gift or something that somebody could put on their, their table. I mean, I just got a, uh, I just had somebody send me a mug reach over and grab it here. It says, change, you are the change, you are the change, 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 change. All of, you know, 
I mean, I'll remember the gal who, Nisla, who sent me that because it's just a thoughtful gift that ties in with things that I think about. You can change. You can win. You can be a winner. Every one of you who are listening, you can win. You can make this happen. But you need to do things that other people aren't doing. Like Ray describing his young friend. Just do something that's a little bit different. It'll set you apart from the crowd. There's so many ways to do that. I'll give you some more examples here as we talk about uh, some of the other questions coming up. Here's one, Dan. My name is Josh. I read your book, enjoyed your YouTube videos. My question is about a criminal record stopping my dreams and doing what I love. About 11 years ago, I was convicted of solicitation of prostitution in Los Angeles, California. I pled guilty, so an arrest and conviction is on my record. Three years after the incident, I got my record expunged. But in California, expunged doesn't mean it's eradicated from my record. It still shows up, but now it says dismissed. My dream is to teach children and be involved somewhere in the education field. I love children. I'm not a predator or a monster. I'm a born-again Christian who turned my life around. I can't seem to get over this conviction on my record. I've called lawyers and they say, all, they say there's nothing they can do. I want to start a chess business. Your advice in my situation? Thanks, Josh. Well, Josh, man, I appreciate your heart on turning your life around and moving on. I mean, we all have things that we aren't proud of back there. You know, it, it, golly, it reminds me of when people run for political office, they'll go back 40 years prior and dig up something they did as a 16-year-old, you know, and blast it to the world. My goodness, there's got to be opportunities to turn our lives around and move on. Now, yes, it's true that there are residual effects of some of those poor choices that can remain for a very long time. But in your case, I don't think there's anything that's stopping you. Now, if you're attempting to get a job with a bank, a government organization or a university, you know, or a church, yeah, those background checks are going to be a challenge for you. But if you want to start your own business, like a chess business that you mentioned, It's not likely to ever be an issue. I mean, you can start a landscaping business, a delivery service, wood sculpting or restoring classic cars. No one's ever going to ask you about your background. I mean, I've got your great work is going to open the door for your ongoing success. I mean, I've got somebody coming out here this afternoon to install a new window glass in one of our cars. Just a regulator malfunction to crack the glass. I got somebody coming out to do that. Now, I mean, I know this guy. I've had him do work for us before. He's amazing. Did I do a background check on him? Well, not a chance. I mean, not a chance. Not going to happen. I mean, I can't imagine a situation where I would have anybody do work for me that I would that would require a background check. Are those still being done? Yes, but it's very, very rare. I mean, I think you could move through even with a traditional job search if you want to and recognize that it's going to be very, very rare that somebody would go that deep in doing a background check. Again, unless it's one of those traditional kind of organizations, you know, like a bank or a government organization or university. Beyond that, man, be prepared to to move forward. I mean, I'd encourage you to simply create a plan for your business, get in the game you have no more obstacle than anyone else starting a business because what you're describing here is non-existent when it comes to starting a business there. If you show up and you want to pave my driveway or you want to trim my trees, 
you know, or you want to build a sculpture in my front yard or put an addition on my house. I mean, none of those things have anything to do with what that would require me to do a background check. I'm going to want to know who have you done work for before? Show me your successes. That's what I'm going to look for. And that's the same thing that's true with virtually everything else out there that is that move, would move you into doing a business. Wow. Well, let me catch my breath here a minute after that one before we move on. Hey, just a reminder, you're listening to real life questions from people just like you living life, going through these unique, individualized, personalized challenges that we all have, like gentlemen who just shared here, just like Josh. But if you got questions, just shoot those into me. Ask Dan at 48days.com. Be happy to scoot those into the lineup for an upcoming show. This is what makes it alive, what makes my um, week, the highlight of my week to open these questions and go through them. So I'd be delighted to see yours. This comes from Tim. Now, this is this is a really, really common predicament that I encounter. Apparently, because of the work that I've done over the years and kind of how I position my own framework, my own worldview. But Tim says, Dan, I recently stepped out of doing ministry in the church. Youth ministry is all I've ever really known. And I've always felt called to be a minister. Your chapter on work really opened my eyes to see that as you wrote, there are no higher callings. Yet I still feel some sort of guilt or something about it. Do you have any advice as to how I might reconcile this? People say you should work as, at a nonprofit, kind of a cliche answer. I want to do something in the travel industry, some sort of business that helps people get out and see the world through hostile backing, adventure travel, out, out adventures or hotel travel, travel for retirees. Anyway, I'd appreciate any words of wisdom you might have, Tim. Well, Tim, again, Golly, I don't know what the details are of you stepping out of the position that you had in the church, but I love how you carefully worded the first sentence. I recently stepped out of doing ministry in the church. Whoa, that, that's kind of a clue because you can do ministry in any other situation you want to be in. If you want to do ministry in the hospital, in the university, in the real estate office, in the construction company, you can do that as well. So that's the first thing to understand. Ministry is not confined to people who work in church or nonprofit organizations. Ministry is something we can all be called to and hopefully are. And in doing so, then we see the unique opportunity to use those gifts that God has given us. So if you have skills as a brain surgeon, it would be preposterous for you to try to be a pastor. Now, I see that played out. I mean, it happens all the time. I've worked with a lot of pastors who were doing it because there were family expectations, other people imposing their expectations on them. They had the academic ability to go through seminary and get ordained and be a pastor, but realized it wasn't a fit for them. They're living out somebody else's dream. You can't do something that's godly in an effective way if it's not a fit for how God has gifted you. So whatever the reasons you experienced, you understood that was not a good fit for you. You're really drawn to travel. All right. Keep in mind, the Bible does not distinguish secular and sacred work. Only we do that. I Meaning the Old Testament is full 
of examples of God equipping people as jewelers and craftsmen and woodworkers, you know, for all the work that needed to be done. Those were direct gifts from God as it's laid out in Exodus. Somehow we've gotten away from that. We assume that if you're really called by God, you're going to be a pastor, teacher, evangelist, or missionary. No, there's no distinction between secular and sacred work. All work, if it's using God's unique gift to us, is sacred. We're all called to ministry, and some of us are going to do that as engineers, construction workers, bankers, real estate agents, pastors, evangelists, brain surgeons, authors, speakers, coaches. I mean, those are all equally sacred and opportunities for ministry. Let me give you a couple other quotations here. Then I want to give you some resources that you can check out, Tim, that I think will help you. Here's a quotation from Martin Luther. Now, this is Martin Luther, the uh, theologian, not Martin Luther King, Martin Luther, who started the, you know, the theological traditions for us, uh, was a real radical in terms of challenging the Catholic traditions that were rampant at that period of time. Here's what Martin Luther said. Therefore, I advise no one to enter any religious order or the priesthood. Indeed, I advise everyone against it unless he is forearmed with this knowledge and understands that the works of monks and priests, however holy and arduous they may be, do not differ one whit in the sight of God from the works of the rustic laborer in the field or the woman going about her household task, but that all works are measured before God by faith alone. Now he shared that because he was seeing the puffed up chest of those who were doing godly work, thinking that they were somehow better and that somehow it was better than just the common Christian life. And he's saying, no, not at all. Being a monk or a priest or a pastor or a minister is no different than being a rustic laborer working in the field or the woman going about her household task. So what you need to ask yourself, Tim, is what are those things that really make you come alive? I mean, St. Arrhenius, another disciple in the second century, said the glory of God is man fully alive. What makes you fully alive? I mean, why do I coach, speak, write? Because those are the things that make me feel fully alive. When I'm writing, when I'm working on content and going through books, I love to read books. And the writing that I do is, for the most part, a compilation of things that I've read and then trying to make it understandable for people today and making it applicable for today. I love that process. Lock me in a room. Golly, I'm a happy camper. You close my office door in the morning, you know, slide a peanut butter sandwich under the door about noon and and never have anybody walk in here, never have the phone ring, leave me in here for 14 hours. Boy, that's a perfect day to me. I mean, you need to decide what is that makes you fully alive. Soren Kierkegaard said, and now with God's help, I shall become myself. Now, that's not selfish. That's not egotistical. That is doing exactly what we need to do to be the very best that we can possibly be. Become yourself. People who are imposters trying to play the role of other people or doing things that they think are godly, humanitarian, caring, 
missional, whatever, however you want to phrase that, you know, those people end up resenting it and frustrated. Becoming yourself is the most authentic, holy thing that you can do. I, I often tell people, and this is not original with me, but I tell them, you know, when you get to heaven, God's not going to ask you why you weren't more like Billy Graham or Mother Teresa. He's going to ask you, why weren't you more like yourself? Why weren't you more like the person I created you to be? Why'd you try to pretend to be somebody else that you're not? Abraham Maslow said, what a man can be, he must be. Well, a lot of these things we could go on. Leonardo da Vinci said, a musician, I'll put these in the show notes. A musician must make music, an artist must paint, a poet must write if he is to be ultimately at peace with himself. You have to do that. If you're an artist, you have to paint. You can't push that under the carpet. If you're a singer, you need to sing. You can't just push that under the carpet if you're ultimately going to be at peace with yourself. I told Joanne just recently, we're getting ready for a, a special occasion. We're gonna, we've chartered a bus. And we're going to take a group of people from here at our place down to Miller's Grocery, the place that we typically go on Friday night for date night. We're going to go down on a Thursday night, have a special, have the whole restaurant to ourselves and all that. Well, as part of that, I've challenged the people that we've invited to that to provide the entertainment rather than bringing somebody in, which would be easy to do. No, we're going to have an open mic. So I want people to create their own quartet or trio or duet or whatever kind of compilation you want to put together. Get a couple other people who sing. Share with us a couple songs. If you play guitar, bring that. If you play the accordion, bring it along. If you play the harmonica, bring it. If you have a little poem that you want to read, bring it. So I, and I told her that one thing that I wouldn't like to do more starting immediately is more singing. I miss that. I miss singing. I was in the Nashville choir for several years, but uh, I, I miss singing. So I want to do that more. And it kind of ties into the Leonardo da Vinci quotation we've got here. Incidentally, now I'll put those in the show notes. Now, here's a really cool thing that I'm so jazzed about this. This is one of the highlights of my week because we have really well done show notes. If you go to 48days.com, click on the podcast, you'll see really well developed notes. Those are done by Mallard Creative. And so you can see time links for when I talk about a particular thing. However, those were not actual links. Well, I noticed on the show notes, my daughter Ashley was recently on with John Lee Dumas on Entrepreneur on Fire, and I noticed his show notes when she was on are clickable timestamps. So if at 32 minutes and 18 seconds in, they're talking about something, you can click on that time link and it takes you right to the audio of the podcast. Well, we just put that in place. I didn't know how to do it. So I, I contacted John Lee Dumas and he connected me with the guy who does it for him. Wow, it's done. I am jazzed about that. So that means if you want to hear where I talked about the quotation from St. Arrhenius, the glory of God is man fully alive, you can go right to the time link where Mike and his team from Mallard Creatives have that in the show notes. Click on it and you can hear me talk about it so you get it exactly as I said it. I mean, how cool is that? Well, anyway, we've gone on here. Tim, your question certainly prompts um, questions with a lot of other people who are in similar situations. But moving out of ministry in the church, don't feel like you're moving away from ministry. 
you're not moving away from ministry. You're moving away from that job that you had. You're not moving away from your vocation or calling. You're simply moving away from the application that you were doing daily to put food on the table. So you can continue your heart for ministry, identify clearly what that is, what is your why, but continue that and then simply look for new opportunities. Can you do those in, in, by helping people with travel? My goodness, I guess. I mean, my dear friend, Chris Niemeyer, who does all of our cruises for us, all our travel things, um, he, Chris Niemeyer, my, he, he's amazing at that. I mean, he has a heart for that. He loves doing that. But his work is his ministry without question. He sees it as such and has helped as a history of helping missionaries and other people who are traveling overseas to coordinate their travel plans so they can do it without having a lot of complications. That's his original business was doing just that. Well, I'm going to put some links in the show notes to help you, Tim, that link to blogs that I've written over the last couple of years, how to serve the world and still make money. You know, how to, uh, it, it's not just a matter of a blind obedience and ignoring your talents, which sometimes people ask about, you know, well, I need to just ignore who I am and just do what God wants me to be. I mean, that's a circular question. How can you do that? How can you be what God wants you to be and ignore your talents? You can't do it. You can't do it. You cannot ignore the things you know about yourself, your personality, your skills and abilities, your talents, the things we talk about on here time and time again. You can't ignore those and be who God wants you to be. This is not stepping out of your own skin and somehow being a a pretender, being a puppet. Doesn't work. I know people try it. You'll hear pastors talk about that. You know, forget who you are. Wipe that out. It doesn't matter. Just be, you know, something God wants you to be. It's 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 a ridiculous argument. Understanding who you are is the first step in knowing what God wants you to be. Well, let me move on from that. Well, let me, this one comes from uh, Jessica. This is a tough situation. Dan, my name is Jessica. I recently turned 30 and realized it was time to make changes to clean up my financial life. I'm reading currently Total Money Makeover and using every dollar. Currently, I'm approximately $260,000 in debt. The bulk of it is in student loans and other debts, including $25,000 in automobile loan and $3,500 in credit card debt. I graduated October 2015, so what, 18, not, not quite two years ago, with an MBA and was working a job with a $38,000 salary. I switched jobs and currently make $56,000. I'm upside down in my car loan because I bought the vehicle new and commute to work. I live at home to apply money to debt, but because I spend a lot of time a week commuting, I can't find a second job. I'm struggling in determining where to start and would love some advice and direction. I reached out to the team with Dave Ramsey and they referred me to you as a career coach. I'm looking forward to speaking and working with you to reach toward financial freedom. Jessica. Wow, Jessica, oh my gosh, I cringed when I read your note. But it is what it is. We need to start there. We can't turn the clock. Turn the clock back? Absolutely. Do not get $260,000 in debt. My goodness. I mean, if you had a house that was worth $400,000, that'd be something else. But you'd, all you have is a piece of paper. 
I mean, it makes my heart break to hear that. And it's with an MBA, which unfortunately doesn't put you in an elite category. It is a very generic degree. And again, it is what it is. I mean, if you had a DDS or an MD or a JD, you know, you're a doctor, attorney, something like that. That would be one thing. Maybe your earning potential is going to be 200,000 a year, but it sounds like probably as a recent graduate with an MBA making 56,000, that's probably okay. Let's not rock the boat there. Let's not think that, well, you got to find a job that'll pay you a hundred thousand because it's going to be challenging to do 56,000 fresh out of college, even with a graduate degree, that's fine. Let's keep that as it is. However, here's the deal. Instead of finding an extra job, that's not going to be my advice to you. Don't look for another job where you're going to be paid hourly. There's not enough leverage there. You have got to do something that's outside the realm of a traditional J-O-B. And that's very easy to do. You can do this. But here's the thing. If you're making $56,000, if you had another job and you made another $10,000, so you have... So you're making $66,000. If you live frugally on $36,000, you know, which you probably could do, especially if you're living at home, but what a pain to have to live with your parents when you have a degree and you're out here making your own money and have your own car. I mean, but that would allow you to be plowing $30,000 a year back in. That would be brutal to have to do that. That would be brutal to have to do that. Now, if you were able to do that, that's fine. I commend you on that. But even there, we're looking at, you know, with interest accumulator and everything, it's going to be over 10 years to do that. Boy, that's not a very pretty prognosis. However, what if you could start a side business? What if you could do something on the side that uses your unique skills that you certainly have so that you created income that was not dependent on time? that was not just tied into getting paid per hour. Had a lady one time I was working with her and she was used to make, she had a really unique PhD. It was in like plant pathology or something. It was a really unique area. And she was making like $70,000 a year, but was frustrated because there was no real way to move up. And I said, well, we need to do something on the side, not to try to find you another job. You know, you can get another job and maybe add $10,000 to your income, but that's not a significant change. Let's do something on the side to create income based on your unique knowledge. So could we create an ebook on how to get, how to keep, you know, the, the webbing caterpillars off your trees in the fall, like we have around here, you know, could you put together a little course that you, that's just a, you know, an online course with four little videos on it. It's 60 minutes long and you sell it for $97. You know, could you do things like that? We started looking at that and I said, what if we had something where by having you positioned online with a couple products available, you were generating $10 an hour. She's like, well, I couldn't do that. You know, that'll never make make any sense. You know, it's not worth doing. I said, oh, really? I said, $10 an hour means that you have something available 168 hours a week, not 40. You're totally out of the work model, the job model. So now you have something 186 hours a week. If you have $10 an hour coming in, 
186 hours. I went through the math then. I'm not going through it here, but it's roughly $87,000. It supersedes what her total salary was by just having something available on the side. Does she have the unique expertise to put something together like that? Absolutely. And when we've got all these things available out here with Etsy and eBay and Amazon, to get things up or just your own site, if you get an audience for your own site because of your unique content, wow, all of a sudden you can be generating income that goes way beyond what you could expect to be earning hourly. Now, I'm going to send you, Jessica, we've got a new resource. It's Side Biz Freedom, 10 Ideas for a Profitable Side Biz. Now, a couple of years ago, I'll also, I'll also send you the 48 low or no cost business ideas. Incidentally, if you're a member of 48 Days Eagles group, these are free resources inside there. So these are always free. The new things that we create, we put in there and they're free from day one. But I'm going to send these to you, Jessica. Incidentally, I would recommend, yeah, I know it's a minimal kind of investment, but I would recommend that you get into 48 Days Eagles because you're going to be around other people who are on the same path as you and people who have big hopes and dreams and aspirations for things that they can do to get them out of massive debt like what you're describing. But here's just a couple, a couple ideas. I mean, that they, we've had somebody, Andrew, send in a note that he was doing something as a high school kid selling parts for remote control cars. He buys them, takes them apart, cleans them, refurbishes the components, sells the components on eBay, and in a, a school year made $160,000. I mean, these are the kind of things that we need to find that you can do. There's another guy that was selling parts for Land Rovers. And in um, 2015, he sold $3.5 million worth of parts on eBay. Uh, these are all in this new resource that we've got here. Writing books. I mean, we've got story after story. Mary Kay says that she wrote a book on walking dogs. She's now written several dog mystery books and has quit her job because she's got mystery dog mystery books. I mean, think about how unique specific that is. Another example from a 74 year old Eli who has a book up sleep, dream, write and win, and now create an income from that. Uh, you've heard me talk about Aaron Kerr on here before the little Kindle book that earned me $29,000 in five months. I mean, he did a collection of the novels, the Anne of Green Gables stories. Those are in the public domain. And he simply put them together into one easy to read format. So he didn't write anything. It wasn't his original content. Put those together and earned him $29,000 in five months. Now, he's actually gone on from there. And those have earned him over $60,000 at this point because it continues to be there. I mean, that's a beautiful thing about having something up where it's just running like that. I got a note here from Pierce Mars. I mean, this this may be something that you could do. I mean, Pierce has a full-time job, you know, as you do, Jessica, but because he knows how to get teams to work together, he just got a contract from HGA Hospital here in Nashville. They've agreed he's going to do a, a half-day workshop on creating a good team culture, and they're paying him $5,000 to do that. Wow. And any, and then here's a golly, another note from somebody who uh, the same kind of thing took an area of expertise with he's familiar with in his full-time job. And he just got an $11,000 contract to do a short series of seminars for store owners. Well, uh, 
Vincent Pugliese. You've heard me talk about him on here. Vincent had a full-time job as a photojournalist, was making about $30,000 a year. He came to a couple of our events here, has become a dear friend, but took action on what it is that he does well. He's a photographer, but put together a little course on helping parents take better pictures of kids taking photos, uh, of parents taking photos of their kids playing sports. So, I mean, think about that, you know, making that great catch or sliding into first base or whatever, teaching them how to do that well. He put that course out there in the first 24 hours, it generated more than $33,000. Just that course. Wow. Carrie, Carrie Olson, a longtime listener, Carrie and her husband, Derek, uh, she wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. She wanted to quit her job, but she still wanted to create income. Last year, she, she's doing voiceovers. So she does commercial voiceovers for companies. Just put it out there. She gets requests almost every single day. Derek says in the last year, she grossed $104,000. Now I could go on and on and on here. We've got an, a kid who's selling horse poop. I got that story that we talked about probably a year ago here on the podcast, how he gets free horse poop and sells it in individual bags and is making great money in doing that. Somebody else puts out real estate signs on a weekend and is making $45,000 extra income per year by putting out real estate signs. So we got a lot of different things here that are not based on high technology. I mean, got a lot of kids stories here. My granddaughter, you know, Eliza, who recently in an afternoon, five hours at a farm, local farmer's market made $422 doing face paint and henna. I mean, she's very good at that, but she's a 17-year-old kid and, you know, making that kind of money. So those are the kind of things, Jessica, that you want to look at. Those are the kind of things that you'll want to look at. Not a job, but something that dramatically creates income. You can do that. Keep your job. Don't rock the boat with that. Keep that. I commend you on doing that. But if you're going to knock out this $260,000 in debt, you need something as Dave my buddy Dave Ramsey would say something gives you a big shovel and a part-time job on the side on top of your regular job is not going to do that. You need a biz. So I'll send you those resources. Well, Hey, just a reminder that, uh, this next Thursday night, August 31st, seven o'clock PM, where I'm going to be doing is finding work you love in 48 days, be doing a 48 minute free webinar to get on that. I mean, jump on that. We got all kinds of bonuses and stuff we're going to be giving away with that. So you can go to 48days.com slash 48dayswebinar. Again, I'll put that in the show notes. And again, our show notes, we got those fancy new timestamps on them. Got all kinds of cool things that are happening here. So, uh, hey, want to make sure that you can take advantage of those. Love to have you on that webinar. I mean, I know a lot of you are in process. You know that you are confident there's something out there that's better here here's the deal you know any of you can win at this i really do believe that you can win at this what you need though is a big dose of belief and a clear plan i mean it's not just you know hoping and dreaming there's no question about it that's not enough but if you have belief and a clear strategic plan you can move right into anything that i've mentioned here and a lot of you have been listening for a very long time. You hear the success stories coming in. You think, oh, I wish that were me. It can be you. You can be the next Vincent who takes what you know 
and in putting it together in a little bit different format so people can experience your talents, create your annual income in 24 hours. Yeah, it's possible. Well, hey, we appreciate you being part of this group of people. I love the optimism that I'm hearing. I don't care what the economy is doing. We don't care who's in the White House. I mean, yeah, we care, but it doesn't have any impact on what we're able to do individually by taking control of what it is that we control. Our house, our community, our neighborhood, our work, our time. We've got 168 hours a week. We can invest that in ways that'll make massive difference for us, for our families, for those we care about, and ultimately for our communities in the world. Thanks for being part of this group where we are, in fact, finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.